0: Oh, man, Philip! I tell you what, I'm so excited about the opportunity for us to get together. We're going to do this, I think, I think what we ought to do is we really ought to make this into a podcast when we have this kind of conversation, you know? What would the point be? There? Well, to, to try to form a community, you know, people that, uh, that like things and want to celebrate fandoms and things like that. I hate people. Well, okay. It's just a group of people who care, Philip, not unlike folks at a hip hop concert whose hands are not in the air. No. But listen, we could choose any topic we want. The world is our oyster here, Philip. I, I feel like we fell out the lucky tree and hit every branch on the way down, ending up in a pool of cash and Sour Patch kids. Don't want to. I, I don't understand why you're being like this, Philip. Will you do it for me, please? I'm busy. Okay, but what if? Now, hear me out. What if you do this? I'll I'll take you out for ice cream. Now, ice cream is the best. It's kind of like seeing Billy Joel perform live. Never disappoints, although it does give me the toots. Ice cream, not Billy Joel. That is fine. Do it for ice cream. Oh, that is excellent. I'm I'm so excited about <clears throat> this, Philip. This is going to be such <clears throat> oh. There has <clears throat> been someone here this entire time. Yeah, th- uh, you you got your hand up like you have a question.
1: Uh, yes, uh, Trent Krem, the Independent. Trent
0: Krem, as I live and breathe, Independent. What You got a question for me there?
1: Yes. What in the world are you talking
0: about? Well, I'm talking about the I never got into that podcast. Our, our goal here is to go out like Willie Nelson, on a high at the end of this cold open.
1: But, yes, what will you talk about?
0: Oh, see... Coming in with the heat, a second good question back to back. You're like Jordan, 96 97. And this week on I Never Got Into That, we are going to the indomitably positive world of Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, you're about right, me all that you get. I love it so much, dude. opening that is maybe Uh, the only opening song that we have encountered that i didn't skip even in my re -re (laughs) rewatch. right (laughs) yeah no hearing marcus yell that just makes me grin it's such a, a good conclusion to a joke welcome back to the i never got into that podcast the show celebrating fandoms of all shapes sizes and styles as always i'm half of the hosting here i'm colin joined as ever by my Today, gruff voiced and a little bit cranky co-host Philip. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Getting over some some under the weather type stuff. The seasons, they are a changing. Indeed. And with that, we have decided to look to the world of sport for this week's episode. Watching the documentary series when I'm down. (laughs) world of sports for those of you that don't know philip uh there has not been a more sarcastic statement made on this show than that one right there (laughs) he he can i i can safely say he has never turned to the world of sports for anything ever (laughs) there's just a disinterest and that's so then that's largely true so then, knowing the cast and and ideas here, I imagine there probably wasn't too big of a draw to this. Did you have any
1: exposure to Ted Lasso before we did this episode? um Only from people asking me, "Hey, have you seen Ted lasso?" And then I was like, no <laughs> um, with that I much passion pretty much yeah i mean i i I have watched. Movies and television shows that were premised around sports teams because you don't necessarily have to care about team sports to, um, you know, to know that the replacements is hilarious. Uh, true. but true, but uh, mostly it was like another streaming service. No, not another streaming service. Just no, it wasn't yeah. worth it. Um, but then. We started doing this, and so then I had access to that streaming service through this and so, why not? yeah, it's uh I know you on your other show have heard
0: all about the joys of Ted lasso. I know you got a another cast member on that show that is a passionate fan. i personally i do watched Ted Lasso. Honestly, when, when we first got Apple TV, I got a, a trial and that's how I had seen Mythic Quest. That was what I used the trial for and then went, well, Mm -hmm. I like Jason Sudeikis. And that was literally all I knew of Ted Lasso when I started. And yeah, then, uh, when we got Apple for, for the podcast, for the hosting. You know, I went straight back to Ted Lasso to rewatch it before I even rewatched Mythic Quest, and was like, "This just this feels like a hug for my brain." I, I just I'm so at home. I, it's like the music of AJR put up onto the screen. It's a world that I wish my brain could feel. That I, I love it. So I'm hoping that you enjoyed your time here.
1: Was this? Uh, yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. I still don't know anything about European football, but <laughs> which to uh
0: to go ahead and apologize at the outset, I will, out of force of habit, undoubtedly be referring to as soccer over the course of this episode yeah. because it's what I know. Uh, you know, growing He's up in American. South Texas, <laughs> us uncultureds over here. Growing up in Texas, everybody played soccer at a young
1: age down here. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But we all called it soccer like there. There was no pressure. Well, because because football over here is a game you play primarily by carrying the ball in your hands. Yes. As one would understand. Obviously.
0: I don't I don't get there's literally only two times that the ball touches your foot. Why do we call it anyway? Anyway, I don't Derailed. Well, let's let's get to the show. But before we get to the show, let's figure out how they got to making a show. In 2013, NBC Network signed an exclusive American broadcast contract with the Premier League to show the soccer games here in the States. Now, knowing that Americans don't traditionally have the most thorough understanding of the game, NBC created a series of promo spots starring Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live as an American hired to coach a soccer team in England. So the character of Ted Lasso originated in commercials for soccer. That's wild. Yeah, and it was just because they had him on staff. Like, hey, since since you're on SNL, <laughs> we we'd like you to grow a mustache in your off-season and play this role in a four-minute promo <laughs> that we're going to cut up into commercials. But these were memorable and very comforting fish-out-of-water spots that endeared Americans to the sport and unwittingly to the character and NBC saw moderate success with the Premier League more than they were expecting whether that was due to Ted or not but they they remain linked in 2019 Bill Lawrence the creator of Scrubs was hired to bring the idea to series keeping Jason Sudeikis in the titular role Brendan Hunt who was also in the original sketch promo and and series of commercials following As the quiet, more sullen assistant coach, also joined the writing team and would then play Coach Beard on the show. He and Jason Sudeikis also brought in. Do we ever learn his first name? Does
1: anyone know his first name?
0: No, I don't think we ever do learn uh, Coach Beard's first name. Not that I can recall. And I I feel like it would have stood out to me a little bit more, like learning Schmidt's first name. In new group, right. it really would stand out to you. Uh Also joining the writing team was Brett Goldstein, who, after writing five episodes of the show with the team, went, you know, I, uh I think I really get this Roy Kent character. Like, I, th- I, <laughs> I think I get him more than normal when writing a character. And I, I think I want to play him. And following suit with uh, Brendan Hunt' his beard everyone just went yeah okay uh, but but can you play soccer well what what can you do with a ball and that was important because as they continued casting on and going into development everyone on the show who handles a football handles the ball on field that's actually being performed by the actors there was a, a real need from Bill Lawrence. Not just to find someone with soccer abilities, but people that understood that athletic kind of relationship to more honestly portray those situations on screen and to not have to break the immersion when showing the sports scenes. Because it's always kind of jarring when you see those shots of someone pulling up to take a jump shot in a pivotal moment. And then the camera has to cut Cut away. Yeah, (laughs) And for some reason, it's a hand model that does not have the same dimensions. It just it does kind of break. So being able to to actually have someone take a corner kick uh, or yeah. to actually have Danny Rojas be able to go out there and ding off a Danny goal Rojas. Post. Football is life.
1: <laughs> Rojas, Danny Rojas,
0: <laughs> I love him so much. I don't know if I could hang out with him for more than 20 minutes, but I it's- love him
1: it's so hard to really like a character that wa- runs around singing his own name. <laughs> like Because Jamie does that and it's insufferable and you yeah. just despise him. But Danny does it. And it's like, it's just, he just loves who he is. It's I, just I, joy. I
0: think the difference is that Jamie Tart does it to the tune of baby shark. And that, that makes him really a terrorist. <laughs> that
1: is in my eyes. That is such a, Good bit because it's so act, apt to the character. Oh, it's so spot
0: on. Yeah. yeah. So
1: well done.
0: Oh, he's just, he's just the worst and he's the best he at is. being the worst. Oh, I can't stand him. And yes, I love it's him a, for it's that. A
1: brilliant performance. So as we but step I, into,
0: I Jamie as we step into discussing the show, it should be known that Bill Lawrence stated on a podcast that the show was conceptualized as being three seasons long. And the reason for that was they have a three-act structure that they had already plotted out. And they could not deny the difficulties of filming a television series around the schedule of a movie star, uh, which Jason Sudeikis unquestionably is. Um, And especially because he's not just filming it. He's also there for the writing, the producing, the... The press touring all of that so we do get mustaching the mustaching which cannot be understated because boy is that glorious um show is a joint venture between several studios but here in america we get it in weekly installments on apple tv and the first aired on august 14th of 2020 uh spoiler alert from here on out as usual Philip right. and I are going to be talking about Ted Lasso and it's weird to know at the outset this is the first time that we have approached a topic that has caused me to spill as many tears as this one has because <laughs> I feel like out of out of a standard episode I spend 85% misty-eyed and it's always in a good way mm. but I like anyway spoiler alert there was your window episode 1 and pitching of the premise is that Ted Lasso is an American football coach who is hired by
1: the AFC Richmond Premier League soccer team. The football coach of Wichita State, my sister's hometown, and my brother's hometown, right. and their team, the Shockers, <laughs> who are anim, who are animate anthropomorphic corn husks. Which, if there was Not ever a time, electrical or lightning or danger.
0: Fair enough. Also not that. (laughs) Fair enough. Hired to AFC Richmond, which is fictional, by Rebecca, the owner of the club. She has found herself divorced from her husband, Rupert, and he loved nothing more than he loved his football club, which he lost to her in the divorce. And because of his love for that, she despises the club and everything it stands for. And thinks it'll be funny to hire an American football coach to run the team into the ground. But does not count on who Ted Lasso is. The indomitable spirit, the yellow believe poster, the allowing people to make decisions for themselves. The hero of our story, the titular Ted Lasso. So there's, there's our overarching story. We have relationships there, I, I think what I love about this is it doesn't really feel like there's a lead character. It's named after Ted, but it feels like yep. it's everyone's story equally.
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's very much an ensemble piece. That was the word I was looking for. I was trying to find the word ensemble. Um, yeah, it's very much an ensemble piece. Uh, and I mean, it. I guess it mostly, especially at the beginning, revolves around Ted, but like a lot of really good ensemble shows as the show goes on, the story branches out so that different characters begin to have their own story. So pretty quickly, um, Keely and Roy start to have their own sort of mini things. And by set by season two, they have an entirely complementary but separate plot Mm -hmm. to what's going on in Ted's life. Uh, and you get the same kind of thing with Rebecca, um, so yeah it, it definitely centers around Ted, but it is much more ensemble than than everybody else being a, being supporting cast
0: the The main of those those characters that involve we have the above mentioned Roy Kent, who Philip nailed the uh, the likeness of
1: he is the gruff it's hard because he's here he's there he's every you can't say the rest of it where. <laughs> Roy can. <laughs> Roy can. Roy can. Roy
0: can If you don't cry when he's injured his knee and shuffles off with that like I don't that's the best mm-hmm. that sports entertainment has to give us. It's so good. Um so we've got uh, Roy who is the gruff, foul-mouthed, anger-fueled veteran of the team, a future Hall of Famer without question, like just a legend in the sport. The captain of the team who is dealing with his age, his place in the league, being part of a losing team that he has spent his career playing for, um, seeing them fall from glory and facing relegation, which is something that American sports fans wouldn't be familiar with. It's like lose too much and you go to the minor league, which I love that. Ted and Beard, even in the finale of the season, go. Yeah, it's dumb we don't we don't have that in the <laughs> states. Um, and Roy is also faced with Jamie Tart, who I can't do his baby shark, or we're going to get demonetized. The fastest DMcas that ever happened. The uh, the man who's dating a social media influencer model Keely. Uh, and
1: he is everything. I love her description of, of herself as, I'm so famous for being almost famous. <laughs> <It's-
0: laughs> Keely is such a
1: delight. <laughs>
0: She's such a delight. When she tries to explain Pavlovian to Jamie is just so <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's about sex, isn't it? In this case, um, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, Jamie is everything that is wrong with athletes making the everything. kinds of money the that world. they do and social media Use. presence. It, he's the worst. Young people. God. We're going to wind up crotchety before the our internet. time with those kinds of <laughs> opinions. I guess we're there. Uh, Roy makes some good points, Air. you know. <laughs> um, and he is he's our heel. I wouldn't suits or nothing. Just showing up, not wearing a shirt to a banquet. Like, Oh my God, he's the worst. Um, I don't know if I would go so far as to say villain. I would say he's the heel of our show.
1: Yes. I I don't know. I mean, the show does a really good job of of setting it up that Rebecca is going to be our villain. Mm -hmm. Um, In the same way that it's like, I was trying to think of what the, what the, the movie is. That's a similar plot. There's like a nineties movie, but it's, it's major league, major league League, has a similar plot of, you've got a, you've got a rich woman who's trying to run a team into the ground. Um, and so it sets it up that we're going to have that kind of the team versus the boss thing. And I think what's wonderful about the show is how rapidly it subverts that because there is just nothing in Ted that's willing to be in a fight with her in, in that way. Like we see him get mad at her one particular time, but it's not, Oh, I see. Well, I will defy the boss and we will defeat her. It's Nope. I'm going to win her over where she's going to be on this team. Yep. The one biscuit at a time. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, we set her up, but yeah, Jamie's, I don't know. He can't be the villain because what's wrong with him is not lofty enough. Yeah. Like he's just, he's just a punk. Yeah. Um, You really can't, I mean, you can despise him and really like be driven crazy by him, but it's almost like it's too, it's too petty to say that's the villain. Yeah. And it it is an interesting
0: dynamic that we rarely get to see this fleshed out in a sports story uh, of someone who is on a team and actively not a part of a team um, yeah. doing everything he can. When, when we first meet um, Danny Rojas, he is a character who has been brought from South America. He was injured in training camp and no one's ever seen him play. But Jamie decides that he doesn't want to practice. Gonna make a point to coach Lasso his value, his worth, and he's not gonna practice. And the first time we see Ted lose his cool um is at Jamie and Danny comes out. And Danny is literally a a human effort. He is made of sunshine. He is a skin bag full of sunshine, mm-hmm. and he is the most joyful human being who is who is equally talented. To Jamie's heart, and and we get to see someone who loves being on a team and loves making a pass so that another player can score. The the extra pass yes. being the the overarching ideology that Jamie is missing as a player. Yeah. Um. And so I really like that he is he is a character from the outset that you do not root for, but because you root for Ted, you go. I mean, maybe he could change. Maybe, maybe evolution
1: is possible
0: for this character because
1: you get, they do a really good job of not making it simple of not, not undermining the tension of the story by there's just, you know, this one moment where Jamie suddenly gets it like in, in a, in a standard sports movie where we have, you know, two hours at the outside for a, for a sports movie, we've Mm -hmm. got two hours, Mm -hmm what we would have is this guy's awful. This guy's awful. This guy's awful. And the coach has that one moment where he pulls him aside and he says just the right combination of things and that turns him around. And I mean, admittedly this show has quite a lot more space to work with and and, and that helps, but it does, it does a lot better job of of how many different times it takes Ted reaching out To get to Jamie and not even, I mean, even by the end, not necessarily completely. Jamie is not by the point we're at at the end of season two, you know, reformed to be a person that you really like. He is slightly less insufferable. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not, he's not someone that you would want to rely on for literally anything. Except for a game. That's,
0: that's who he oh, became. Sure. Yeah. And, and I love that as being a step one. Ted tells us early on in speaking with Trent Krim, the independent, that for him, success isn't defined by winning a game. It's defined by having an impact on the young men. And I think it's important. I've, I've read a lot about Ted Lasso. I've watched a lot of YouTube about Ted Lasso and I've, I've gone through psychology analysis of the show. And it's important to me. A lot of people mistake his previous profession. Ted is a college coach. They, they call mm-hmm. him a professional coach. And I think that short changes an intentional decision made by the creators because college coaches have a similar relationship to high school coaches with their athletes in that they recognize the importance of impact in a short window of time professional coaches you know there's to a certain extent there's always that idea of get them next year but when you are a a high school or college athlete you don't have an unlimited number of next seasons and yeah and so their outlook especially because going from high school it's like what eight percent of athletes in high school go to college and participate in that And then it's less than a half a percent of college athletes that carry on professionally with that sport. And so the idea is to pass on life messages and to grow them as human beings in their time. At least that's what we romantically like to believe is happening. Um, and that's who Ted is. And so Ted sees the game
1: as being a way to affect people's humanity. Um, and I think one of the reasons that, that works because there's there's a couple of points where that where characters point out that that's not a perfect view for professional sports because this is also these guys' careers mm-hmm. that you're that you're gaming with uh beard at one point you know loses his temper with yep. that and and says these these guys aren't amateurs these guys are professionals that it matters yep. to them um but I think one of the reasons it works really well is because it's pointed out really quickly. And this is obviously true of professional sports in general, from, from what I know. Uh, these guys are very young by and large. Yeah. Like they're, they're in their, they're in their early twenties. Um, because you know, professional. I mean, Roy is old, but Roy is not older than me. Roy is, Roy (laughs) is at 40. He's an an old man. Oh, he he's, is at forty. Okay. He's the so he's Tom little like, He's just a little older yeah. than us, but he is—he's not by any stretch an old man. Right. But he's old for a for a footballer. Yeah, old for a player.
0: And that—that that I think is a great a great counterbalance that the decision to have a, a college coach brings to the character of—is care about personality and quality of of the man is important. Mm -hmm. but uh, especially with the invisible enemy of Rebecca trying to get the team relegated. He doesn't have that kind of time. Like it's these guys have to make a living. And if they get moved down, they make less. And you get the idea. Another thing that soccer has that we don't really is these kind of farm teams where they are a lot younger because like Jamie is there, but he belongs to Manchester United, a much bigger, much more successful uh, team. And franchise. And so this talent is going to get taken from them and they are going to be farmed right. to keep the, the AFC Richmond team profitable. And uh, these relationships grow over the course of a series of events. And one of my favorite being what we're talking about <clears throat> when instead of having a breakthrough conversation with Jamie, the team believes that they are cursed because Danny Rojas has hurt himself again and entered the training facility and they hear a horrible story uh, about how the war had affected uh, 200, I believe it was, young men who were tricked into... I think it's like 400. uh, (laughs) That's too many ghosts! We can't fight them all! (laughs) We can't fight them all! (laughs) We can't fight them all! It's such a great moment. (laughs) And so Ted uses this opportunity to have a ceremony in which the team will all unite and sacrifice something that means something to them. And you had mentioned in our discord where we talk about uh, the, the feelings that we have while researching topics that you hadn't felt a moment that you, you thought he had turned or you thought he had become redeemable. And this was that moment for me of, After all the times we've seen Ted, and especially like you said, after sports entertainment has groomed us to wait for the coach to have Mm -hmm. that moment, Jamie does walk in and does participate. And he holds the pair of cleats that his mother bought for him. And he says, they're nothing special. It's not my first pair of boots anything like that. My mom bought them for me. And he confesses to the difficulties in his relationship with his abusive father and the challenges that that had for him growing up and even currently and when he says all i wanted was my mom to be proud of me i'm not sure she would right now and he puts those boots in to burn with all the other offerings brought by the team to me that was a moment where jamie was the first time human and uh and that was the first time he participated with the team as a member of the team and uh i I will say that in my first watching that moment changed my my view of him. I I saw a crack that I could forgive the person.
1: Uh, <clears throat> for me it, it it certainly humanizes him. It makes him it, it gives you it gives you sort of a reason for understanding why he's a jerk. The way in which he's a jerk is still very strange to me because he he presents it as I always had to be tough. Like if my dad would, otherwise my dad would call me soft. Mm. Um, There's absolutely nothing tough about the front that he puts up. It's very effete. Like the, the front is, the front is not of a tough guy. That would be like imitating Roy would be the tough guy front. Um, The front that he puts up is of a member of a boy band. Could I, like, could I
0: make the counter argument that, maybe that's sure. the non-traditional version of tough. He, his version of tough was to go the callous route because even in the way he treats mm-hmm. Keely, nothing matters to Jamie except Jamie. And oh, so yeah. maybe that's the, the skin that he's put on is that everything else
1: filters through. Cause he's all that matters. Yeah. And I guess the, the other thing in that moment was the thing that got him here. Is envy of the attention that Danny is getting. Mm. Like I,
0: I, I can see that side. For me, it was fear fear of missing out. For me, it was realizing that everything he had said, including that terrible moment that he has with Ted, talking about. All I'm thinking about right now is the crowd chanting my name after I score a goal tonight. Uh, was him mm-hmm. seeing. I I can't necessarily get away with anything anymore. I'm not the only no. version of me here. You know, it's the uh if this were an American story, it would be the the backup quarterback rising to the occasion or the the running right. back showing up, transferring from another school with a faster 40 time and gets Gatorade for everybody. Like it would that's that's how we would mm-hmm. translate this. So I I interpreted it as him especially because we had just learned that he belongs to Manchester, him going, Oh, I, maybe I'm not the hottest dog in this park. And, and that being yeah. the insecurity, uh, I don't think either are wrong because we have not reached a resolution to him yet. So it'll be interesting in a year to see if the, <laughs> if the creators have taken either of our takes on Jamie to a home. Um yeah. But I also, I, I don't want to, shortchange the other half of these characters and their importance, the women in this show are incredible. They are, they are oh my gosh. wonderfully written <laughs> and immaculately performed. I love Keely and Rebecca mm. so, so much. Yes. And I, I can't imagine how hard it has to be to view a character's evolution like Rebecca's. And she has said the actress stated that she, she never watched any or read any of the script that her character wasn't in because everything she heard about was everyone going, Oh, Ted is just the greatest character. And she was like, I can't fall in love with him before my character does. Like I can't be soft to him. And so to watch that, that methodology pay off so wonderfully because she softens to him while still wanting the, she wants him to succeed at a point, but still for the team to fail. And you see the scales shifting in balance over the course of the show. And she's just marvelous.
1: Well, I think one of the things that it does so well about human nature is you see this with Jamie, you see this with Rebecca, both a lot Uh, less, I think with Roy, but a little bit with Roy too is you've got Jamie and Rebecca who are both coming into this with a, a major bit of baggage. Jamie's is old. It's his relationship with his, with his parents. Rebecca's is relatively recent, although it's also kind of old because you kind of don't really get the impression that being married to Rupert. yeah couldn't great. have ever been rad. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, but her, the wound is very fresh. Um, and so both of them are behaving in a way that is informed by their baggage. And both of them begin to, to let let that let those walls down at various points. And then something will happen, big or little. Uh Jamie with Jamie, it's he goes back to Man City. Mm-hmm. Like that's obviously not small, but he goes back to Man City and he decides he decides to be angry about that now because here's an excuse to be angry. And an excuse to go back to behaving uh, in my sad little petulant yeah. way uh, with Rebecca. She's I can't remember exactly the moment, but she's having she started to really get on board the the Ted Lasso wagon. Uh, and then there's a story in the newspaper uh, about the yet again, the behavior of her ex. Uh, and that's when she trades Jane. Yeah. Just out of spite like for no reason other than spite. She gives Jamie back to Man city. Uh, I guess the trade is the not the right word, but she's, she, she dumps Jamie and that feels very real because anytime you're working through something, all manner of things and, and not just like anger that's causing you to behave badly, but anytime you're behaving through anything, working your way through anything, through grief, through, through whatever, um, little things will happen and it's like all of the progress forward just slips out from under you. Yeah. Um, and and that was, that was very real, uh, to me just from, from my own experience and from observation of others that felt very real, much more real than we usually get sports movies, sports stories are not usually this deep. Like I guess is especially a, for the thing. non-athlete like, characters. Stories are not usually this deep. Yeah, uh, and so I think that's brilliant. Keely, I think is the is the real wonder to me of this show, because that character should just be comic relief. Right. Like every expectation of that character is okay. She's going to pop in, yep. be really bubbly, say something incredibly <laughs> funny and then disappear from the scene. Like that's, that's what her role in this show is going to be. She, I mean, she comes in like a 30 rock character. Valid. Yep. Um, that's, well, I mean, gosh, the first substantial scenes with her, she's dressed like a lion (laughs) for a photo shoot. Um, and having a hard time eating a hamburger. Like, it's just, it's so, it's such a, it's such a, a, a setup for a, a facade of a character and the fact that the show manages obviously from the beginning intended to, but the fact that the show manages to take that character and give that character depth without, and I think this is the remarkable thing about Keeley, because with, with Rebecca or with Jamie, I guess more with, with Jamie, the, the little, pretty boy jerk thing is this front he's built up. And we get little moments of that. There's a human under there. Nothing about who Keeley is alters. Right. Like she doesn't, she doesn't stop behaving the way she behaves. She doesn't stop talking the way she talks. She doesn't like, it's not like we step around and she drops the act. And we discover, oh, there are hidden depths, <laughs> and there's an intelligent young woman under here. No, that's the intelligent yes. young woman in yes. the lion suit. That's the intelligent young woman. And I I love that. I love that we can have characters who can who, who can just be the way they are, even though the way Keely is, especially as we first meet her doesn't really conform to savvy businesswoman <laughs> right in, in in our eyes we're not we're not set up to expect her to turn out to be that um and the fact that she does without not to say she doesn't evolve she does evolve as a character but without ditching that personality is is really good storytelling yeah and i uh my little anecdote here
0: is that Juno temple's performance of Keely was so much stronger than they had anticipated at her casting that she is actually the character who underwent the most substantial rewrites, uh, because she is so much more humor capable than they had anticipated. She's not known for her work in comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also because she brought so much depth in her her quiet moments that uh, it's it's really just a great a great testament to an actor's abilities that they expanded her role. It's funny that you mentioned with Rebecca that scene of, of trading Jamie because that's actually in the same episode with the sacrifice and the curse. And my yeah. personal favorite thing about this show is its pacing. Every episode gets something done, and you can tell this is a show that was written with an end in sight because they advance so quickly. Because the very next episode, uh, cheekishly titled Make Rebecca Great Again, is the story of them taking a trip to Liverpool where Rebecca and Keeley will have a girls trip. And while all of the episode is a joy and just a, a testament to this show, and it might be the episode that I recommend people watch if they want to know if they would like the show. We see in this next episode, the evolution that Hannah Waddingham brings to Rebecca in after the victory at Liverpool. Ted has just signed his divorce papers. The relationship we learn is the only part of his life that was not all sunshine and optimism and come to find out. The plan to move to another country during the midst of relationship turmoil was not a healthy one. And his anxiety attack leads him to rush out of the victory party. And Rebecca chases him. And that moment at, on the sidewalk when she walks up interrupting his panic attack is one of my favorite moments in recent television, because here we go, I'm climbing back up onto my high horse crusade for the word. The intimacy of these characters is so pure and honest to where mm-hmm. she, she is seeing this man for his good and in his vulnerability and just wanting to care for him. There is no romance. There is no, yeah. no kindle of physical attraction. This is a human in pain and the the completely impossible-to-ignore need to help them. And I think it's beautiful. Yes. I think it's such an important moment. And we very quickly from then have all of Rebecca's misdeeds unearthed, and she comes clean about them. But that moment is where... Halfway through the first season, our villain switches teams, and, and that's such an unexpected mm-hmm. change in the world where now all of a sudden we don't have any bad guys because Jamie's not even here. We don't even have our heel. We, we only right. exclusively yep. have people we're cheering
1: for, and I love it. Well, and it becomes it – becomes, uh, the opposition becomes yeah. the situation. They've they've ended up in a bad situation, partly of Rebecca's creation and partly because, you know, Ted doesn't know how yeah. to coach. A, and because they're a, a young soccer. and struggling team, um, there's there's a lot of factors. Yeah. And so now it's and now it becomes that and the struggle becomes against that, uh, which allows us to not need a human face on a villain. Although occasionally we get one in the, you know, for showing he's up to Jamie's dad or anything like that. Those are. Oh, but he, I mean, that, I don't know that actor, but that actor is killer. You're, you're talking about the dark. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta, oh, I love the dark game, but you gotta feel like this is one of those roles where you got to imagine that sometimes he meets people on the street who hate him, like who just (laughs) hate him because of the role, because he's so awful And the actor's so good. But yes, I love the dart game. The dart game, Ted's little speech at the end of the dart game is so, so. It's just, it's the smuggest thing on the planet, but it's done in the least smug way I love that he
0: starts it with, now see, you asked me if I like darts. To which I said, yes. You didn't ask me if I played darts. And then
1: (laughs) (laughs) he. Curious, man, might have asked. You played a lot of darts. To tech, which I would reply, which I would say
0: yes. <laughs> and when he goes,
1: oh shoot, I forgot I'm left-handed. But you know what? Here's here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing in that scene um, that I caught on the rewatch. There were so many things I caught rewatching because I've been rewatching it with my wife. Um, uh, the thing I caught in that scene, and I've been catching this a lot. There are this show is so carefully planned because there are so many things that become a thing in mm-hmm. season 2 that are just dropped just little bits dropped and right there it's i would answer yes i would every sunday from the age of 10 till he passed away yep. when i was 16 and you just see this flicker on rebecca's yep. face of oh uh and then it just moves on like the, the 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 moment just passes on it's almost there it's almost so quick that you as the audience go did i know that i knew that. Know that right yeah because, i had to know uh, that yeah I don't know yeah. Um and of course that becomes a really significant plot point of Ted's development in in season 2. Uh and it's I like that just that kind of writing is really really good. Um yeah, to- I Oh,
0: I love that episode. And then in the breakneck pace to the end of the season from there, Rebecca comes clean after Keely finds uh, out about her attempts at sabotage. And Ted's first words after finding out that Rebecca has betrayed him and the team is. Well, I forgive you. And they begin to attempt to fix everything, which because Ted is optimistic, but not unrealistic. They don't do. They lose the final game and they lose to Jamie Tart and Manchester city. and, they find themselves relegated down from the premier league to the championship league which okay i don't i don't know it's soccer uh but it's not good so um that is but it you, says championship think, <laughs> i You're love sure? when he tells beer
1: are you so sure you, it's not better dropped
0: from the premier to the championship cuz that that sounds like not having to do the playoffs um And so we start into season two with the team clicking but not having found their stride. Everything is in place now. Roy Kent has retired and is off living. Uh, We didn't even discuss season one. Uh, Along with Coach Beard, they bring in equipment manager Nate to be a coach, uh, which does things to his psyche. uh, All of them appearing to be good. None of them actually being that way. Uh, the team has yep. not lost a game when we meet them two months into their season, but they also have not won a game. Which in all American sports yep, but would here, be good. It, it just means that it happened. <laughs> you can have a tie. We have draws. Uh, kind of like kissing your sister, which I'm just now learning is an American phrase, which is good because it's kind of creepy. Anyway, I love that line from him
1: because that's, <laughs> that's all I had heard ties as described as. Uh, I love every moment that he. I love every time he discovers an American. How many Indian countries are in this country? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my favorite one is when he's passing out the army men uh, as a little <laughs> encourager, and he gives That's one to so Sam. Sweet. And Sam's like, and yeah. Can I not keep this? I don't have the same affection for the American military. Oh right. cousin period yeah it's so it's so genuine and like (laughs) sam obisanya being able to look at him
0: and go i get what you're going for here so i'm going to take that sentiment with me but can i leave the memento to like (laughs) to a horror (laughs) behind um we get an introduction to Roy living his best life, drinking wine with a middle-aged women's yoga group while they watch reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> we see that Jamie Tart is on that reality TV uh, because life is pain for him now. Um, the The overarching work this year is trying to get themselves out and the pressure of this weighing so heavily on Ted that he is confronted with a need for therapy from the new team psychologist, which he loves that the team is embracing, but he himself wants no part in as his panic attacks cause him to actually miss miss games in in action he has to leave from the sideline in the middle of a game uh due to a panic attack i really appreciated the way this was shown on the series uh, i appreciated the the bluntness of it um because it's yeah it's not shown with the standard softness that i think so much of mental health conversation today is um and reminiscent for me of my experience watching This Is Us, uh Ted Lasso goes, Nope, this is ugly. This is this is real ugly. And this is what happens when you try to deal with it on your own. Don't try to don't try to do this. This isn't hero stuff. Um and it presented a lot of really new struggles into the world of Ted Lasso. What do you think of season
1: two? Uh I really I really liked it. It took all the characters in a very believable direction. Um, in s- some cases, yeah. in surprising directions, it had some just deeply hilarious episodes. Um, and always in ways that suddenly turned around into poignance, which is, uh, the whole, which is the whole thing of that right. lasso, of course. Um, I loved Roy living his best life as a Pee Wee soccer. Oh no. man! Oh, when he gets
0: called out for for cursing at the nine year old girls, <laughs> you can't call them that even when they're being that. So good.
1: And and the girl and girls the girls are being so it. into it. Like the the kid, he they shouts out, I, I can't it. remember. Enjoy your trophies <laughs> for winning one nothing girl
0: in the first episode of the season <laughs> when he's like, "You all played terrible." Except for you, you got at it proper. <laughs> and she just responds with, you've got it, coach. And I was like,
1: yeah, yeah. Y'all are here for it. And I love it. It's One of the goals was disallowed because apparently nine-year-olds aren't allowed to do <laughs> headers yet. Be brain development. <laughs> oh,
0: and uh, then he takes a surprising job as a sports analyst. On a soccer Saturday talk show, which ends about the way you would Mm -hmm. expect Roy Kent being on a talk show to end. (laughs) Uh, And decides to accept Ted's offer to join the coaching staff of AFC Richmond. Uh, That was a, a beautiful moment, watching him walk back out onto the pitch and the crowd just exploding with his chant. And and the joy of seeing him return to the team. That was a triumphant return that I haven't seen in a sports movie. He he wasn't suited back up. He was literally in a suit.
1: Yeah. And he wears Boy, the heck does out of he? Black suit. That guy
0: is made to be a pallbearer. I just can't think of another occasion that you <laughs> exclusively need a black suit. Um Coach Beard gets a whole lot more time this season. We uh we get his relationship with uh with Jane as we we learn that Coach Beard only exists in positivity when he's around Ted Lasso because every other aspect of his life seems pretty
1: toxic. That that episode is so <laughs> It's wild. Weird. <laughs> It's so, it's so bizarre. I don't know (laughs) what to compare it to. (laughs) Like it's surreal and so silent. I think that, I think that's the thing that impressed me about the, as good storytelling is it's so quiet, very like beard. We have an entirely different version of the theme song for beard after dark. That's much more, much less, uh, much less Mumford and Sons and more, I don't know what band actually does it, but the thing I was trying to, I don't know what to compare it to. Um, I don't know. It's more light folk, like light millennial (laughs) folk. I don't know. Um, But but we have a person who steals pants and her giant boyfriend. We, End up in some kind of weird I don't vampire know how got bar there.
0: a basement where they club? hula hoop. I, like what is that place? I don't know. With hula hoops.
1: And that's that's the triumphant <laughs> climax is Beard and, hula hooping with his girl. Uh, frankly, I He's think the <laughs> And being <laughs> I, really good uh, at surprisingly. It. I think the real
0: victory of the episode is that Beard lived through that night. That it was it was basically an episode built around how I met your mother's Nothing Good Ever Happens After 2 a.m. Law. Uh, you
1: yes, just that was very much he just should that have gone to bed.
0: Every character grows over the course of this season. Um, mm-hmm. we know by this point all of the, the players, mostly by name. You've got Sam, uh, Colin, you've got Zorro, I mean, Zola, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, just a, a wonderful cast of characters that all get distinct moments and relationships to really flesh them out none more so than Sam Obesanya in his uh, accidental romance uh, he meets a woman on intellectual tinder
1: <laughs> another, another thing set yep. up brilliantly in season one because their first conversation is she thinks he's asking her out and he laughs, but, and, but says, I'm sure you get, I'm sure a woman like you must get tons of, of romantic invitations. Like it's just, it's like, it's so sweet, but it's such a sweet little awkward. Foreshadowing. Um, Sam doesn't seem to ever. Yeah. Sam doesn't actually ever seem to have awkward moments. There are so many moments that should be awkward, but Sam just turns them into this beautiful, sweet, genuineness I, which i think is the I defining would, characteristic of sam is i would describe sam sincere. as
0: the embodiment of healthy communication because we see that from his parents down i mean he is there's a lot of parental issues in this show uh you know that the struggle that ted has joining me over here in the dead dad club that doesn't ever get easier and the, the show doesn't shy away from that You've got Jamie with his relationship with his parents, unhealthy even in the aspects that are loving. And then you've got Sam who tells his dad, like, this is what I'm thinking. And his dad goes, you will make a decision and I will be proud of you. And he answers with, I love you, daddy. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, were he alive today, I don't think I would call my father daddy. I can totally just understand that this was meant and sweetly. Uh, from a, a young man to his father, and it was it was beautiful to see that everything Sam has is just people speaking polite and honestly, and the the embodiment of that yes. that can work even when the conversation ends negatively. We can yes. end it feeling good, like it's oh, Sam is is just so wonderfully written and wonderfully portrayed to us. Uh, we get growth in. Rebecca who finds self-worth in a very powerful series of events. I really enjoyed her growth. Um I I liked her at the the funeral. Um that was that was a wonderful uh, episode for her.
1: And the funeral <laughs> episode is hysterical. Like it's so it's so good. The, the <laughs> the joke about dress shoes is such a strong gag throughout the entire bloody episode. Yeah. It's so funny. And I feel that way about dress, Again, shoe. dress shoes.
0: Again, join worst. the Discord if you the want to hear fun. Philip have these thoughts <laughs> over the course of him watching these things. Uh, dress a shoes are wonderful gesture of humanity and sportsmanship. The whole Richmond team and organization arrive for Rebecca's father's funeral um including Ted late but better late than never uh to an mm-hmm. event that he didn't think he could attend uh and then passing up the opportunity to eulogize her father she sings never going to give you up and we got rick rolled and it was gorgeous <laughs> how how yep.
1: I still don't quite understand what happened there, but it was feel like somebody
0: sat down in the writer's room and went, give you a hundred bucks. If you can make Rick Astley meaningful, (laughs) somebody else said, hold my
1: Earl gray. I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think the, the moment in that episode, like as much as Ted is very funny, And as much as Beard is really funny, as much as Rebecca is really funny, I think the two characters that just set me dead laughing most often are Keely and Sam. And this episode has one of my favorite bits because Rebecca is about to break up with Sam and she's explaining what a great relationship and how great he is and all these things. And then she says, but, and Ted and Sam goes, oh, I hate big butts. I cannot lie. (laughs) can can i tell you
0: my favorite joke my favorite micro joke in the whole show and it's because of us doing this podcast is the hamilton reference when they are sitting at the table and, and ted turns to beard and goes can i be real a second forget my meal a second and beard responds put down your beer and talk to your bud for a second that little Hamilton reference, I went on the it wasn't on the first, it was on the re watch that I went, hang on, was that was that George Washington in Right Hand Man? And so I Googled it and Lynn Manuel Miranda tweeted that that clip from the show. So I nailed it. That's my favorite. That and what does a British owl say are two of the best jokes I've heard on television. And <laughs> I love it so much.
1: Uh, we get, it's full of that. It's full of little, little jokes that, I mean, it's one of the, like the, probably one of the least realistic bits of conversation in the show is the little moments where it's just, someone is just insanely clever on no, with, with no cause in a moment, but it's just unprovoked humor. Uh, I honestly, I could do a
0: Ted Lasso podcast, not episode. I could spend an hour talking about each episode because I think, I think this is so lovingly crafted on all fronts. And it really, this, Mm -hmm. this is a marvel to me. Like this is, this is something that was really (laughs) affecting. And clearly that is the opinion of the majority. Uh, this show has, been incredibly received the nominations over 20 nominations at the Emmy Awards winning seven of them for uh, outstanding comedy series and acting awards for six people with nominations Golden Globe wins 20 nominations for the second season with four wins I I mean it's just this show connects and it connects in such a wonderful way. This is really the culmination of so many creative careers. I I mean, scrubs is also a show that lands when it lands, it lands hard. And it's like, if you Mm -hmm. told Bill Lawrence, we want to have the same impact, but you only have 10 episodes, um, get just as much travel done. Yeah. As you did in 26. And, and they do it, man, this, Mm -hmm. uh, this was was something that I I really got into, and as the first season winds down, we see it, it's a shame to shortchange this conversation, but we see the final evolution of Nate. Um, Jamie returns home to AFC Richmond as Nate angrily walks out on the team, and. Literally turns his back on Ted Lasso, the coaching staff and the entire organization going off to work for Rebecca's ex-husband at Manchester City. And and the evolution, there's another of those you and I had the one conversation we had about this show prior to our recording uh, revealing, hey, they told you he was turning into the villain the whole second season. Uh, the the graying of the hair yeah. the the expulsion of bodily fluids uh the way the way he spits at things and on things over the course of the season are yeah very indicative of an unhealthy change in the man
1: well it's interesting it's almost i can't tell what exactly it is but it's almost like he's looked at all of the all of the other successful men involved in the team and is trying to, a, a, and grabs at the hmm. worst thing about all of them because he becomes as image obsessed as Jamie. He's clearly trying he, he's trying to pull off the, yep. the, the dark suits like Roy. He's trying to pull off the anger uh, like Roy. Like it's just, uh, I, I, yeah, it's so, it is more noticeable on rewatch cuz i didn't see the the evolution as much the first time through but seeing it again it is it is much more noticeable to see nate
0: as you falling as, to the as dark you continue side. your rewatch i would encourage you to, to mentally draw the direct uh, comparison between nate and sam uh because we see the family dynamics the mm. communication dynamics the self empowerment and self image yeah. dynamics completely at opposition, uh, between them. And as one grows stronger with love, support and his position on the team, the other grows stronger in his alienation. And, uh, and it's, it's powerful. And that, yeah, that final moment, the first time I watched it, seeing Sam spin around the, first of all, again, on the slow, but, methodical and intention of the show. The very first frame of season two is a zoom out from, from uh, Nate's face to see he is the focus of the first shot, pulling Mm -hmm. back to show the whole bench. And then we end with him on a zoom in on a different pitch is, and he is a different person. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, And, and the first time I got to that frame, I can honestly say my jaw dropped open. I went, no, no. How could you? And on the rewatch, there's, there's part of the brutality shown the ugliness of mental health struggles, especially Ted's Ted's real failure in season two, the attempt to do so much on his own and to not accept weakness and find strength in it. He put people aside that, weren't strong enough to find their own place. Mm -hmm. Beard can handle him being, you know, mentally checked out for a few weeks, a few months. Roy can come in and help with that. He is Mm -hmm. another person of of great mental fortitude who's only gotten stronger. Nate, on the other hand, left to his own devices, was newly addicted to support and and attention and deprived of that. Yep went out to seek it and when he found it he found it in being written about by tabloids and sports papers claiming he was the wunderkind and buying into a false yeah. sense of self-worth i think it's i think it's so masterfully done i think it's so so wonderfully confrontational with its portrayal of the importance of mental health which Uh, personally as someone who's been a big advocate on the idea of let's let's have more shows where men cry and let's have more shows where men and women are great friends who love each other and never kiss let's let's keep having that because right philip knows my personal life some of my closest friends are women i've never had a romantic interest with um and I love that being portrayed. That's the hill. I will die on Rebecca and Ted should stand in each other's weddings on on their next weddings and they should not be to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have any, Oh, what is not quotable? My quote for this is the entirety of season two.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's yes.
0: Yes. I have quotes. (laughs) Go ahead. Get started. I,
1: I have. Yeah. I have three in particular. Um, two of them come from the same episode, and they were just moments that just it was that sort of spontaneous, I'm now dead of laughter here. And it's uh Nate when I can't remember if it's Keely or Rebecca, struggles to find his name and he goes, <laughs> It's Shelley and you know it, you blithering Kestrel. <laughs> It's, it's blithering Kestrel I'm excited for you to read that when the new Call ever. of Duty
0: comes out, because I know you will. And someone is going to hear that through the new proximity <laughs> chat and go, I, I don't understand. Um, on the the not meaningful sides, I love. Uh, I always thought tea was going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Or you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs>
1: Uh, from the same episode, Keeley to Rebecca.
0: I love that hey, You're so amazing. Much. Let's invade France. I love that line. <laughs> such such <laughs> odd empowerment there. Um, let's see. I've got my list here. Don't worry, I can edit silence. Oh, but sure. as I as we get there, um, can we discuss how genius the open jar of peanut butter philosophy is? I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, um, it's brilliant. I love the idea of the uh, oh man, what, the got unlucky turn in uh, British phrases. Uh, when you say you're playing bad over there, you don't say unlucky. You, you just say you're playing bad, but here it's a lot softer. Your body is like day-old rice. Mm-hmm. If it ain't warmed up properly, something real bad could happen. I don't understand that quote, but at the same time, <laughs> I fully understand that quote.
1: <laughs> right. I understand the intention. I, I, I don't eat I leftover I rice have. much, so I that's... I don't, I don't. Yeah. Uh on the meaningful side, this is this is my other one. It, it, I, this is just wonderful and it's so unexpected because it's Roy mm-hmm. to Rebecca. Oh, I know I know what you're few, talking about. Very few scenes together. Yep. And it's on the du- it's on the double date. He's fine. That's it. Nothing wrong with him. Most people are fine. But it's not about him. It's about why the f do you think he deserves you? You deserve someone who makes you feel like you've been struck by I've mean lightning. Uh, oh God, Don't I you love dare, it. and Rebecca's fire? eyes
0: welling up, and Keeley's eyes welling, and she goes, "There's that." It's
1: just, just yeah. And then Roy's just out. <laughs> Roy's just, and it's off. That was done. <laughs> All right,
0: late. <laughs> My, uh, my meaningful one. This is, this is the kind of quote that made me, made me pause. Uh, the first time I watched it, it's from the season one finale after the boys have lost and, uh, Ted is speaking to the team and he tells them, there's nothing wrong with being sad. You, you go ahead and you be sad, but be glad that you're sad in here with these other guys. Cause I promise you, there is something worse out there than being sad. And that's being alone and being sad. Mm. And I think that's such a, a beautiful warning for what the next season will be. And also, I feel directly called out by that statement for having suffered from putting myself in that. So thanks, Ted Lasso, for, for seeing the need for that. <laughs> and to everyone involved in the show, uh, from the writers, the creators, NBC for wanting to make some silly commercials that birth this character. character. Coming off of the Mandalorian to this is really fitting because I think these are back-to-back shows of people who absolutely love telling these stories and think there's something important to be told in them. And so to everyone involved, thank you for giving us this piece of entertainment. And I can't wait to see where season three takes us in this story. I'm not done. This... (laughs) Likewise. I'm coming back for more. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Philip, if anybody wanted to to find you outside of our Discord or this podcast, where would they find you on the internet and what would you be doing?
1: Uh, I am at SummerHawk86 on Twitter is my personal. If you want to find me really anywhere, and there I talk very infrequently and mostly about Middle Earth. Uh, Anywhere else, I'm probably playing or talking about Dungeons and Dragons or other tabletop role-playing games uh, at at laughing tree in on twitter or you can see me playing dungeons and dragons at uh, the laughing tree on youtube or on Eberron the podcast eberon renewed uh and that's pretty much the extent of my public uh, you can
0: find me from- on all socials at sorry btr the o is a zero in that spelling i stream on twitch you can also find me on youtube at the game pass guru where i walk through all of the content available on the microsoft and xbox game pass thanks for joining me on this one philip thanks for watching ted lasso Uh, in case you were wondering a british owl says hoomst. thanks for getting into it with us we'll see you next time